Welcome to Quick Consult, the podcast that addresses the questions you were most likely to ask or should ask in a consultation with an estate planning attorney. Welcome to Quick Consult. I'm your host, Sarah Josie, an estate planning attorney licensed to practice law in Virginia and North Carolina. Today we are speaking with Select Law Partners attorney, Mr. Ben Brassfield. Welcome back to Quick Consult, Ben. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Ben focuses on family and criminal law matters in Fairfax, Virginia. He's an excellent attorney for many reasons, but one is that he understands the intersection of criminal law and family law. So I thought today uh, we could dive into Ben's expertise here and talk to him a little bit about what happens when you get a domestic violence criminal charge and how does that impact a custody case. So Ben, if a client comes to you and they have received a domestic violence criminal charge, what are those impacts on their custody case? So the impacts are several. And first and foremost, what I think is most important to understand is that a, a history of family abuse, so which would encompass a domestic violence charge, whether it's assault and battery, stalking, or a felony, perhaps strangulation, malicious wounding, or abduction, which are some of the more common charges you see in domestic violence situations. Um, that history of family abuse is a factor the court must consider under the custody and visitation factor set forth in Virginia law. Additionally, if a court finds a history of family abuse, another factor the court can disregard is the relative willingness and inability of each parent to promote the relationship between the child or children and each parent. Um, and so a pending criminal charge or conviction related to domestic violence can have a very significant impact on a court's determination of a child or children's custody or visitation. Um, ordinarily, when a criminal charge is pending and a family law matters pending, what, pending whether a custody visitation um, petition or modification or divorce, my recommendation to a client is always to resolve the criminal case or protective order if there is one first. And this is for several reasons, the first of which is the um, impact of one's Fifth Amendment privilege and the right against self-incrimination. Uh, briefly, the Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution guarantees a person cannot be forced to incriminate or testify against themselves. And so if a custody case is tried first, a parent is faced with two choices. One is testifying in that family law matter and making statements um, about a pending criminal charge or a protective order, and those statements can then be used against them in a, in, in a criminal case. Um, that has, obviously, potential impact because your, your statements in one matter that are under oath can be used against you. Um, the other impact would be, if you try to resolve the family law case first, is you, you may be forced to simply not testify at all or invoke your Fifth Amendment privilege during the family law matter in declining to answer. Um, obviously not testifying at all or declining to answer certain questions can create problems uh, for both the parent and judge deciding the case because they may not have all the information that the judge might like to try to make a complete determination. Um, and so my recommendation is that it's always best to avoid this. And this obviously can be resolved, avoided rather, by resolving the criminal case first. Second, by um, resolving the criminal case first, the parent that is charged with a crime gets an opportunity to require the other parent to testify under oath about what happened in the criminal case before the family law case would, would take place. That parent may make statements that are inconsistent with a police report or other written allegations, and that parent may reveal their bias and desire to use a criminal charge to try to get a leg up in a custody case. 
because, uh, as discussed earlier, family abuse is a factor that the court considers. These outcomes, uh, you know, inconsistent statements or the, the revealing of bias, while not necessarily guaranteed, are always helpful in protecting a parent's liberty interest in a criminal case and setting up their defense in a custody, in a custody or divorce case. And so having an attorney that understands the relationship with the allegations of family abuse in criminal cases and custody cases is essential to protecting all of your rights and interests. Okay, so it sounds like as kind of a <clears throat> high-level overview of what you just talked about, that basically if a parent has that charge, step one is you're most likely going to be kicking that family law matter down the road so that you can resolve that criminal charge. And that has two big benefits, one being that we don't have to worry about Fifth Amendment right issues during the family law case. And then the other major benefit is that we're going to be able to get an idea of what the other parent is going to testify about. And that can give us a leg up in the family law matter, whether that parent makes a mistake and says something that maybe is against what they told the police. And so you can use that uh, later on in the family law case, or maybe just even having a better idea of what you're going to have to prepare for in that family law case. Precisely. My, my general recommendation and, you know, the specific recommendations I might make to each individual client would depend on the particular facts and circumstances. But as a general rule, the best practice is to resolve the criminal case first and, and postpone resolution of the family law case until um, the criminal case is resolved. Okay. Um, and that's something that you're, you would be able to do. So the, the client who came in to see you would only need to hire you and you would be able to resolve both the criminal law matter and the family law matter for them. That is something that I can do, yes. Uh, you can keep, a, a prospective client can keep both their criminal charge and family law case uh, with the same attorney you know, in May um, if both matters are pending against them at the same time. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for taking a few minutes to talk with us today. We really appreciate it. And to our listeners out there, I hope you found these tips helpful and it gives you some good questions to ask your family law or criminal law attorney. Until next time, I'm Sarah Josie here with uh, Ben Brasfield. Wishing you and your family all the best wishes and health and of course, the best planning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit selectlawpartners.com. The information in this episode is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. You understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host or any select law partner's attorneys. No information contained in this episode should be construed as legal advice from the host or select law partners, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter.